Hey, Frank. I told the diner that I had pneumonia. You sure it's okay if I stay here? Yeah. I want to show you something. what I'm getting at here. No. Batman had Robin. The original Human Torch had Toro. The Flash had Kid Flash. I could be your kid's sidekick. How old are you? Well, I'm 22, you know? But compared to you, I'm, I'm a one, I'm a kid, right? I guess. Right. Now, look, the most important thing, obviously, is the name. All right? Now, you got to think of it like how it sounds with the Crimson Bull, all right? So, um... Okay, the Crimson Bolt and Bolt Girl. The Crimson Bolt and Kid Crimson. The Crimson Bolt and the Creeping Bam. What's a Creeping Bam? What's a Toro? Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine. Welcoming a new guest today and a fellow uh, podcaster, and that's Amit Srivastava. How are you doing today, Amit? Hey, good mate. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, so before we get started with the movie, uh, first thing is I like the especially new guests for the audience to get to know them a little bit. So why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm, I'm at, um, we have a podcast as well. So along those sort of similar lines, movie podcasts, um, not necessarily superheroes, but sort of just the whole gamut of sort of movies, um, chucking a bit of superhero stuff, some sort of new contemporary stuff, um, some older stuff, some of our old favorites and um yes yeah, some international stuff as well so we're pretty new sort of trying to figure out what sort of space we both we would be sort of all like um it's myself uh, my mate dennis and my mate sunny so we just sort of jump on on a weekly basis and chat movies um so it's been about i think about four months now and we've just had a you know hell of a time with it so <laughs> looking forward to do more of it and uh what's the name of the podcast ah yeah that's that's, that's probably a good idea with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the podcast is d54 D-54. So you can find that, yeah, on whatever podcast player, as they say. Um, so, uh, Spotify, Apple. Curious, where did you guys uh, get that name from? <laughs> so, my, so my friend Dennis. So, I think we had another name before, and that name was taken on. I think, I think it was taken on Spotify or whatever it was. So then we, um, he had this name. He had these numbers. He had this number fifty-four and this letter D following him around. It's kind of weird. He sort of had this combination of D fifty-four, and we're just like, "All right, well, that sounds cool. It's kind of mysterious. It's probably not going to be taken." So um, we did that, and then I think, yeah, we just sort of ran with it. Um, we sort of wanted to have a name that's kind of loose-ended, so it's not like, you know, movie podcast or something like that. In mm. case we wanted to sort of venture into something else, like D fifty-four. I don't know, history or something like that, um, you know, because sort of off-branded. So having a name that's quite open-ended, let's just sort of do that. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to find. It's short, you know, it's, you know, what, like D54 is as short as you can get to type into something. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's that. But yeah, it's an interesting name. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had that experience when I was thinking of a name for this show because I think I wanted to yeah. go with like the superhero movie podcast or something, and it was taken. Um, <clears throat> and I think that podcast actually isn't even active anymore. So, mm. um, but then I chose this name instead. Um, yeah. So uh, why don't uh, so you know we talk about superhero movies and all that. So what's kind of your history with superhero movies? How did you get interested in, in them or in superheroes in general or anything like that? Ooh, that's that, that's taking me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been I wasn't a big comic by guy growing up, so it wasn't a comic introduction. Um, it was more probably just through you know TV cartoons. Mm-hmm. I would say actually to be yeah. to begin with at the start. So you know the old X Men series. Um, you know, the old one and then the ones they had to follow up on those ones, mm-hmm. um, like Spider-Man, Iron Man, uh, all the cartoons that used to come out. And then, you know, in the early, I guess, what, I guess late 90s, early 2000s, I think X-Men was a series that really gripped me in mm-hmm. general, like that old, you know, Hugh Jackman series, basically. They were the ones that really got me. And I used to check, check on Batman every now and then, Superman, but I always liked sort of the Marvel stuff a bit more. Mm-hmm. So follow that along and then... You know, I started to get, get an appetite of just like enjoying superhero and superhero like movies. I guess I don't know if you'd classify this is a superhero movie in a way, but this sort of particular kind of movie also interested me like that. Mm-hmm. The moral questions it sort of asks. Um, I saw like that part of it as well, because X-Men was all about, you know, the mutants and how we treat them. And it's kind of a um, metaphor for the Cold War and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I saw I saw sort of how they sort of combined um personal and you know um i guess personal issues with social issues and that became more and more apparent and i like that portrayal of you know society and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i was like okay cool so yeah. Jungle is more about you know oh it's cool to dress up like a superhero and right. see this cool stuff. But later on it became like all right these are actually some pretty cool concepts <laughs> yeah. yeah i think um i'm pretty sure we're about the same age uh, and i think most people in our yeah. generation came into it the same way like i came in through through yeah. x-men and batman the animated <laughs> series and i think most people yeah. of our generation probably got into superheroes in much the same way um because that was you know that was what we had growing up we were you know every saturday morning or whatever you'd have the x-men and and all that stuff exactly right yeah yeah it was exactly that i think yeah just wake up and watch cartoons and mm-hmm. see x-men it'd be like you know that you know we're, we, we are we're, we're most likely the same age so yeah it wouldn't be like oh yeah check on netflix and binge through a whole series. right it'd, be, it'd literally be like this is saturday i'm watching this and wake up at like is... six or seven o'clock on a saturday yeah. and you know running <laughs> out of the tv and parents are still asleep and all that pretty much yeah yeah check it out and be like whoa that was amazing and then yeah. wait a whole week to watch yeah. the next one um, <laughs> And then always oh, having man. to, I remember having to record um, whenever something was going on on a Saturday. It's like, oh, shit, I got to make sure I record everything. Yeah. So it's like I had to record oh, the whole man. morning block. Speaking of that, just I remember um, that's taking me back a bit. Like I used to like when I used to go to school, I used to record like um, this is not really it is kind of superhero. But I, I used to record Dragon Ball Z in the morning because mm-hmm. it was too early for me to wake up and watch because I had school. Yeah. Um, so I'd record it, but then some days I'd wake up early enough to watch it still. So I'd do the thing where I'd record it, I'd watch it in the morning, I'd come <laughs> home and watch it again in the afternoon. <laughs> so yeah, no, nah, I've always loved that sort of genre. And yeah, yeah, yeah I remember man, that's, when um, taking me back. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, Dragon Ball Z, it was on. It was only on Saturday mornings, but it was only on at like six o'clock in the morning. So I had to get up earlier oh, than the regular man. cartoon block to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Another thing I like I've started doing now is kind of talking about uh, what kind of stuff you're into, like media wise, like movies or TVs or, or comic books or anything. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you playing right now? That's kind of got your interest. So right now, yeah. So it is mostly just um, 
stuff that's preparing me for my podcast mostly. So, but that's really been, that's been good because I got to look at stuff like, you know, some sort of international stuff. Some movies are like, you know, my, like some of my friends, Dennis is his favorite movies. It's got a minty into some of his stuff, which he mm. knows. Um, other than that, yeah, I listen to a lot of sort of history stuff as well. So I like my history. Um, I've started getting into comic books, which is pretty funny. Um, <clears throat> kind of feels weird for a guy in his mid-30s to sort of pick up a comic book. But hey, um, it's never too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was actually to my podcast because it was my mate, um, Sonny. I think for the for the Thor movie, he's like, I'm going to read the comic books. And I was like, all mm-hmm. right, cool. And he started getting into it. And he told me how amazing the comics were um, in that. And obviously, I yeah, I was not a fan of that movie. I don't know what you thought about that one. Are you but, talking um, about uh, Love and Thunder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't as good as Ragnarok, but you know, I still thought it was fun. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I I I really didn't like it. <laughs> so I was on the other end, I didn't. I think I disliked it even more because after Sunny had told me about how good the comic book series was and how mm-hmm. complex that or the God Butcher character was, I was like, oh wow. Okay. So these guys really did a disservice here by making this really short. Um, and sort of not expanding his whole profile because mm-hmm. it was crazy. And I was like, wow, this sounds really good. Um, and my, my mate, and Dennis was a comic book fan, like, you know, growing up. So he had all these references and everything like that. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me give it a little try. So I've just been getting into some comic books, which has been pretty interesting, pretty mm-hmm. fun. It's uh, nice to sort of explore these worlds um, in a different way. And it's a different medium. Like I used to, you know, I still do read quite a bit, but comics is just a whole different way of yeah. um, seeing things. So you know these big worlds coming together and everything so since you mentioned gore i'm guessing that you're you're looking at the jason aaron thor run um any other comic yeah. book stuff that has drawn your interest so i because I, I really was just like what how can i get into this in the easiest way because when i was like looking at it i'm like okay so there's this character here and i want to read a comic about him and i look up you know comic about him and i see like comics spanning from like you know like black panther it'd be like from mm-hmm. the 60s to like now where do i even start with this mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know so there's a lot of sort of education and learning around that side of things yeah so i'm just really i'm just sort of like right now because i'm still sticking to marvel just because it's close to home i do want to sort of expand beyond that to sort of you know understand storytelling beyond just sort of what marvel have done um but for now like i'll sort of look at a character and i'll try and just go through their profile a little bit so mm-hmm. I think I started to watch the um, the She-Hulk show. So I read the okay. comic books upon that one. So I was mm-hmm. like, let me see what it's about. And I really enjoyed that She-Hulk comic. Um, so, you know, I'll just sort of read that. I think it's the Marvelous, Marvelous um, She-Hulk or something like that, um, which is pretty, it's pretty cool. It's really pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, you know, very, very fourth wall, which I didn't expect, which is cool. Um, so that's how I'm doing it right now, but really I don't have any sort of structure because mm. the challenge I have is like, I'm like, well, I want to read about like, you know, like I said, I want to read about Daredevil. I want to read about Black Panther. I want to read about, you know, Black Widow. I want to read about all these characters. How do I even start with like, and how do I, where do I get the time to do all of this? Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm just like, let me just pick one, read a little bit and then move on. And then um, don't get so attached to the entire sort of, you know, saga. Once <laughs> I find mm. who I really like and the story I really resonate with, go deep into that character because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it can be it can be tough with marvel because they do have the the continuity stretching back decades um and they've had so many different you know titles being canceled titles being relaunched titles being rebooted and so it can be a little bit confusing to try to make your way through it especially because they're not yeah. always uh it's not always clear just from like the especially if you're going through the the graphic novels just like what mm. order they all come in so it can be a little challenging i know that um yeah. and i find it um like i find it like when you're there sometimes like 
you just have a character pop up and you're just like, mm-hmm. who the heck is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you kind of, um, luckily because I know a little bit about Marvel, like I at least associate to be like, oh yeah, cool. Like, you know, I've heard of this character. I've mm-hmm. seen this character in somewhere else. But otherwise, if I'm just reading it straight up, I'm like, what the hell? What? Like in every issue, there's a new character coming up and, you know, there's not much storytelling on that character itself. It's kind of like, want to learn more? Go look at that comic, <laughs> you know? So yeah, that was a that was a big way, especially in the older days, how they would um how they would get you know people interested in these other titles and these other yeah. characters. They'd have them pop up in, in other books like that. Um, mm. and uh, if you're the DC stuff is, I think maybe because DC has a lot of stuff that's out of continuity as well, so it might be yeah, easier that's... to follow some stuff like that. But at the same time, they've also got their own continuity, which can be kind of confusing because they've had like different reboots and stuff throughout time. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just interesting, um, well, but it's um. Yeah, yeah if you check out visual style, it's cool. The um the Reddit's there there are Reddit forums for uh for Marvel comics yeah. and DC comics, and a lot yeah. of them, I think, I'm pretty sure they both have like wikis, like start here guides or something like that, or you yeah, can post yeah. in there saying like you know I'm interested in so and so character, and people can get will give you some recommendations. So those are good resources right, as well. You might want to check out. Yeah, and no, I might do that because I've because like for instance when the movie comes out like the, like the next Black Panther movie comes out I want to mm-hmm. know a little bit about sort of how this all connects and um because I find like it's quite different like the MCU is quite different to the comic book yeah um world altogether so it's not like I it's not like I have to it's not necessary to read it but sometimes right. I think like the comic books tell stories a little bit better in some ways for least what I'm telling you at least from the She Hulk series mm-hmm. um it's doing a really good job of telling this you know exploring this character. Um, I mean, in a different uh, way than what yeah, it one of the things I like about Marvel is that it does because, you know, the comic characters have gone through so many changes and, you know, we're, we're going back decades. What the what the MCU does really well is I think it, it kind of distills that kind of purest essence of the character into one thing. It makes it work for that. Like, you know, yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is different in a lot of ways um from just like regular demeanor regular personality from the tony stark in the comics but it does have that same kind of essence right that's kind of like the purest essence of tony stark is just distilled in that same thing with with uh chris evans as captain america right that's just kind of like the the purest essence of cap but it's also got you know evans interpretation of it and downey's interpretation of it adding a little bit of an extra spin to it yeah definitely it's um yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not a one to one relationship. I guess right. you know, they have a lot right. of they have a lot of creativity from the studio, from the actors, mm-hmm. um, you know, all that sort of involved. Yeah, so, yeah, it's been it's, it's it's been a good journey. I would um, if anyone's visiting and wants to sort of get into comics, I'll definitely recommend it because it, it is a little apprehensive to be like, man, I'm like a grown ass man walking into a comic <laughs> store. <laughs> well, if you're but, if you're if you're also if you're worried about doing that, you can also just go on get the digital comics yeah. too. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I've, I've I've done a bit of that as well with um this ipad but mm-hmm. just reading it on that but yeah it's nice reading both you know digital version and actual physical yeah. copy as well so but yeah man they're pretty expensive like far out like luckily like so i just go to um like um someone else recommended me to go to a uh go, go just go to the, the local library and borrow mm-hmm. books so i was like this, this is perfect because yeah especially at the start when you don't really know what you you know um want to read like do i want to invest like you know 70 bucks into a comic right. book that i don't even know if i'm even into or not i'll just go to the library and pick up a couple and just read them and return them when i can <laughs> yeah yeah um and i i do all digital now because i just uh i did i i've told the story before but when my parents downsized a few years ago like all my comics were still at their place so i had to like 
get rid of them all because no way could I ship them all back to Japan. Um, <laughs> and you know, homes here aren't very big. And so like, I mean, if you could, if I, oh. if I showed you a camera around this room, you'd see just how cluttered my office is right now. So <laughs> we just, there's no space for physical books. Like the only physical books wow. I have anymore are, are textbooks for, for my classes. Um, everything else oh. is just, I'm all digital now because of that. Uh, but one of the nice things is that, you know, Comixology, now Amazon is, they have tons of sales on these stuff. So like, it's cool. like, um, you're talking about She-Hulk. They just finished a She-Hulk sale and it was like, you could get the, a lot of the books, the, and I'm talking the graphic novels, which have like, you know, mm. four to six issues in each volume were like two, three bucks a pop. Yep. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's one. And they also have the, the Comixology Unlimited program, which is a subscription service. It's like, seven to ten bucks a month and then there's a lot of like marvel stuff a lot of dc stuff that you can read for free through that as part of that description program um and there's also uh marvel has their marvel unlimited program dc has their uh dc universe app i think it's called um some issues with those but those are also subscription services that are pretty cheap that gives you a chance to Mm. kind of explore a bunch of different things um, so those are yeah. some other options too if you're interested in the digital side of things. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've seen the Marvel Unlimited one. That's sort of one I've gone for references. Um, yeah, there's some some issues with that. With I got like an iPad, which still mm-hmm. works really well. Um, the iPad Air, I think generation one. It's not, it's not compatible with the app. Yeah, I'm kind of like I'm like I'm not gonna buy a new iPad when this one's still working. Just for yeah, that. <laughs> I I had the same issue. Um, I had a I, mine was a generation two and it was starting to show its age mm. recently especially because yeah, yeah. i the only things i'd use it for is like i'd use it like for screaming streaming stuff um mm. like when i'm when i'm like doing stuff around the kitchen or something like that like i'd have oh. the ipad open i'd be streaming stuff and i'd use it for comics and that was it and i wouldn't use it for anything yeah. else but the streaming services now are basically all kaput on it and so it was just mm-hmm. the comics and then comiXology updated their app and that killed it pretty much oh um, no but i did get um so I've up I've replaced it with the um, the Kindle Fire Plus because oh, right. for for Prime Day it was on sale for like fifty bucks or something like that. So uh, if it's you're just that. yeah if you're just using it for like comics or something like that the the Kindle is a really good one to to use. It's you know it's hey, it's but, a low cost uh, tablet. So the Kindle, but so I've got an old Kindle. Is this black and white? Is it the same kind of thing? Or is no, that's a that's a Kindle e-reader. That's like you can get comics ah. on that. But um, but they're not they're not going to be in color. Like if you want no. the full comics experience, it's really good to to get the regular one. And I don't think like the the apps and stuff like that, like Marvel Unlimited, DC, they won't work on that anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm not going to read it on this black and white reader. Yeah. It's not yeah. Gonna, no. No. You know when I'm reading, when I'm seeing the book and it's looking with, with amazing graphics and stuff like that, it's like uh, it's going to be kind of crap. <laughs> I mean, if you're reading a black and white comic, if you're reading like manga or something like that, it, it yeah, should be fine. Yeah, that could but if you want to read, if you want to read like the the color comics, you really want to get the full effect. You really got to get go with a regular uh yeah uh, backlit tablet. Yeah. Um, nice. no, but anyway, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. You know, anything I do to help more people get into comics because it's uh, it's an industry <laughs> that always needs more readers. So I'm always yeah. happy to help with that. Um, but anyway, today we are talking about um, uh, 2010 Super, which was probably James Gunn's first superhero movie. And this was, you know, pre-Guardians of the Galaxy James Gunn. Uh, this is when he was still doing like R-rated horror movies and that kind of stuff. Um, and I had heard of this movie over the years and it was sitting on my Hulu in my Hulu list for like, you know, years it was sitting in there, my watch list. Um, 
And then sure enough, I canceled Hulu like about a year ago. And then you come on and ask it to be on the show to talk about it. So then I got to figure out a way to track it down without resubscribing to Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, what was your history with this film? When did you first get introduced to it? Oh, man, I had seen this. Yeah, probably around about when it came out, I think. Um, obviously, I, I didn't see the cinema or anything like that. So probably when it came out to DVD or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um sort of found out a way to watch it then but i couldn't really remember it all that well but i do remember it was a superhero movie and i had just um i was looking at sort of these directors and their origins to superhero movies because i'd recently on a podcast we recently did um dark man by sam raimi oh yeah and that was sort of that was sort of his origins um mm. yes i think it was to uh this you know before he started the whole spider-verse um right the whole spider-man universe i mean it was just yeah his his first superhero stuff but obviously he had done the evil dead stuff before that yeah 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 he done no he's being um pretty accomplished uh you know i guess i don't know what to call indie yeah definitely yeah very 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 indie very kind of kind of low budget that was kind of his correct house that was his jam um but yeah so i so i wanted to see you know you know james Gunn now become you know one of the bigger superhero directors there are now especially with um his guardians of galaxy series and all that and i really enjoy those as well so it's like peacemaker which uh we covered that yeah did an episode on that recently too yeah peacemaker and also the other one right he did the suicide uh the suicide squad yeah yeah Yeah, so it's starting to get a name for all this stuff so i was like okay let me revisit this because i literally had no i couldn't remember much of it until i started saying until i started seeing rain wilson in the suit and some of the stuff and some of the memories triggered back but i couldn't remember the story much Mm -hmm. um so i was like okay let me give this another go and see how we um sort of run with this you know on a sort of second watch uh so that's kind of my history too it wasn't too deep but i thought it'd be interesting to do because i do i do like that genre of movies where it's kind of like superhero but they have no powers um, mm-hmm. so definitely it did remind me of a few other movies which we can touch on as well um which are similar in their kind of you know nature Right. Well, I think the biggest comparison would obviously be uh, Kick-Ass, which um, this yeah. got a lot of comparisons to at the time because Kick-Ass came out, I think, <clears throat> about the same year. Yeah, the same year so, Kick-Ass, yeah. the Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass came out. And the comic had come out before that, obviously. Um, and it, it's funny because uh, James Gunn and Mark Miller, who created the Kick-Ass comic, are, are actually friends in real life. So yeah. Um, when uh, James Gunn was getting all this criticism for ripping off uh, Kick-Ass, Mark Miller actually had to come out and, you know, defending it. And he's like, he's like, look, yeah. it's, you know, he was doing this stuff when I was doing the comic at the same time. Like we were doing these basically, you know, simultaneously. <laughs> that's pretty and, interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember reading that. That's, that, um, that's crazy. <laughs> and Gunn's, Gunn's response, I think, was pretty good because he says it sucks on the one hand. And then on the other hand, who gives a shit? There are 4,000 bank heist movies. We can have five superheroes without <laughs> powers movies. Yeah, that's a, that, that. That's a great response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's not a movie that you know. It's still not that popular to have this kind of movie. Uh, you know, the superhero with that powers kind of like mm-hmm. I think Kickass was one. My mind didn't go to that straight away. It went to um, it went to ones before there. So the ones I had watched that was similar to this was um, I think you probably would have covered them as well. Um, Blank Man. With the, oh blank man um, yeah i remember that. I, I, have, I have not covered that but yeah i, I do remember that one yeah blank man and um i think mystery man was the other one that was mm-hmm. kind of similar too that was ben Silla. a so. little bit yeah mystery man was a little bit more fantastical because it was it was set in a world with superheroes and supervillains but then you had these these guys who were just basically the losers of the superhero crowd 
Um, whereas this one and Kick-Ass and Blank Man, they were very much in that, you know, the kind of real world superhero phenomenon. Like you see, mm-hmm. you know, like what's his name? Phoenix Jones and all those types of guys who yeah. walk around in costume and are most of them just do like community service, but some of them actually caused some controversy because they're actual they're trying to be actual vigilantes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, this is very much this and Kick-Ass. And I think if I'm not mistaken, Kick-Ass was also kind of inspired by that. Uh, Mark Miller was inspired mm-hmm. by that kind of like real world superhero phenomena when he yeah. when he started writing that book. Yeah, yeah. To the movies that came to mind. Um <clears throat> But yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, yeah, it's just it's just I guess you know when you're watching this, you sort of take a different approach. You're not expecting, I guess, at least I wasn't expecting much like you know, super special effects or super CGI right. or any of that stuff. Um, you wonder what they're actually going to explore with <laughs> um, this. And obviously, I think a big draw for me was this Rain Wilson because mm-hmm. I, I I do I, I definitely back then you know he was sort of dry true and he kind of his dry shoot in this to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> um he's sort of playing a version of himself um which i do enjoy i did enjoy that persona but it made me think about just him and sort of you know his career and how it sort of panned out um yeah yeah see i'm not i've 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 only watched like a, a handful of episodes of the office i just it, it's right. one of those shows that i just cannot get into in the same way that other people do um so i have not really seen rain wilson in a lot of stuff i do obviously i know Mm. him but um but for me he wasn't the big draw i was more curious about this because of uh james gunn and then also you Mm. know reading up on it beforehand finding out that um nathan fillion's in it too that also caught my interest as well uh being a from being a firefly fan from way, way back yeah, the cast is good. Um, you know, uh, Elliot Page, who I thought was fantastic mm-hmm. in this, and you know, Kevin Bacon also filled out sort of the roster. And Liv Tyler, I think it is. Liv Tyler, yeah. Pretty loaded cast if you just, mm-hmm. just think about it. Um, so in fact, yeah, I think this is probably the only, other than uh, Incredible Hulk, this was like the only other superhero film Liv Tyler oh. has done. So yeah, you know, she goes in that. Yeah, yeah, she goes from <laughs> she goes from being in the MCU to being in this, whereas everyone else yeah. seems to have gone in the opposite direction, right? Greg Henry, Michael Rooker, mm-hmm. um, yes, yes. Uh, they, Rooker. Linda Cardellini, they've all gone on mm-hmm. to Sean Gunn, they've all gone Trent on to Gunn. be in the MCU. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Steve G, he was he ended up being in the DC stuff. He was in the Suicide Squad and um, oh, that's Peacemaker, right. and then Kevin Bacon, of yep. course, in um, the X Men movies. X-Men stuff. Yep, yep. And he's a reference in Guardians of the Galaxy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um Yeah, so it's pretty, you know, I I I guess, yeah, so it was a I guess, you know, you know, I guess even the action and stuff like that, I was wondering how would it play out, like, you know, with all that. Because yeah, there are a few comparisons, and to be honest, like, you know, Black Man was pretty wacky movie. It, mm-hmm. it, it, I, the action was not much there. I think there was like maybe one scene where he does something and the rest is just I think it's Damon Wayne's just being funny, but yeah, you know, trying to be funny, I guess, the whole time. So this was this definitely took a much more serious approach with an actual hero. In um, fact, and he sort um, of had some problems. <laughs> when uh, when we had, when Derek was still alive, he actually had a, a moratorium. He refused to cover Blank Man because he hated that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that is ah, that's a weird one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what were some of the things that kind of jumped out to you uh, rewatching this movie? Watching this, I think so. If we're talking about the highlights, I guess I really probably enjoyed the performances a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that was something I took away. The story, I think the movie did have a lot of a lot of issues. I didn't, 
I wouldn't say I enjoyed this fully. There was a lot of stuff I was very confused by. Um, I had some pacing issues and I think I got a little tired of the joke. Like I couldn't get past that. You know, it was like, all right, it's a superhero with our powers. Now what? Mm. <laughs> you know? Um, and it sort of sort of dried up pretty quickly for me because it's not a long movie, but it felt super long for some reason. I, yeah. Like a- I had... I had kind of a similar experience and I was, it really kind of surprised me. Um, I mean, a lot of it is because, you know, James Gunn is obviously not a lot less experienced at this point, mm, but that's true. You, you watch his, his stuff now and his stuff now is very tight. It's very well paced. Whereas yeah. this one, it, it, yeah, it drags, it drags a lot. It drags. And it's like, so I think like, I think for me, like I enjoyed um, Rain Wilson um, and the Crimson Bolt and all that. Like mm-hmm. the action was actually pretty good. Obviously, you know, James Gunn, I was trying to get a feel for what James Gunn was before, you know, because this is probably one that probably has less studio interference, mm-hmm. um, you know, because like Guardians of the Galaxy, I can tell, has quite a bit. And I think, to be honest, it kind of works to his advantages sometimes because I think it's just, you know, storytelling and that's really good um, in the mm-hmm. guys, in really both of them. Um, and, you know, bigger budgets and all that stuff. But this one was like, okay, James Gunn, you know, go for your life kind of thing so mm-hmm. you can sort of see some of the flaws and some of the stuff that's not really working out that well like from what i could tell james gunn really likes to shock you because this has a lot of like you know like stuff from the start like whether it's you know being peed on as a kid or mm-hmm. like um you know destroying hentai or whatever it was at the start or like you know later on there's freaking like a few rape scenes and stuff yeah. like that there's the drop of the um end bomb and there's a lot of stuff that's just like okay this is pretty full on <laughs> and you know so and I saw a little bit of that in um because I've not actually seen Peacemaker but I've seen the Suicide Squad movie oh Peacemaker is um, great it it's got some of that yeah. it's got some of that black humor but it's it's handled in a in a much better way I'd say it's handled in a much more yeah. mature way um and I think a big part of it is because he was you know, he, he got his start in trauma and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. low budget yeah. schlock filmmaking. And this was kind of when he was transitioning out of that because he did this. And then after, um, after that came basically guardians of the galaxy, as far as like big yeah. stuff he was doing. Uh, but up until yeah. this, he had done, you know, these kinds of low budget um, horror films, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, like, I'm quite aware of his, um, I haven't seen too much of them, but I know he used to be sort of a horror director. Um, and it makes sense with some of his, um, you know, his shock, his, I guess his, 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 his appetite to shock the audience. Yeah. I'd, I'd put that because yeah. Another thing I did, another thing on the rewatch I wanted to see was how did this movie hold up? Because I do, I, I did remember some of these scenes, um, mm-hmm. not, 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 not vividly, but I remember it was just a pretty controversial movie, even for that time with some of the stuff they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know what you think, but I don't think this is a movie that would have remade or they, they could remake in the same way. <laughs> in, in, in today's age it's um uh, pretty, yeah probably not it, it's it's pretty yeah it's it's got a lot of stuff that it's one of the things i think i can, you can definitely compare it to kick ass in and and mark miller's mm. comic book work is it's very much got that mentality of like things that a a 12 year old boy would find shocking and cool type of stuff yeah yep 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 no it definitely felt like that it's like okay if this was if you if you're a teenager, maybe mm. you'd be like, "Oh my god, look at this! Wow, I yeah. can't believe he did that! Wow, this is crazy!" But yeah, as a grown man, you kind of like, "Okay, cool, I've seen it." Yeah, now what? and then it's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. What's next? Yeah, and it's like, okay, so he's puking now, and he's seeing a face in it. Okay, we're seeing these tentacles come up, and it's like, all right, it kind of it. I guess that style just sort of started really just you know get down on me, and I was like, I'm getting a little tired of this whole thing. Um, 
So that's sort of why I said maybe I kind of like that studio <laughs> working him working in a studio environment because he can be like James, just just chill out, dude. We <laughs> let, yeah. Let's let let's actually focus on the story a little bit here. <laughs> I think the, I think another big part of it is just the fact that, you know, he's he's gotten older. Right. He's um, so he's yeah. definitely matured a lot just as a person, too, because, um, you know, yeah, when I was, you know, 15 or 16, like I would have thought this stuff was I would have thought this was probably the greatest movie ever. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> it would have been um, pretty wild. But no, you, that, that's a really good point. Like, I didn't really think about that sort of experience that he sort of gained throughout those mm. years. And this is sort of a. Um, you know, a movie where he would have probably, you know, I don't know if he admits it or not, but he would have probably learned a lot um, from this movie, just sort of where what sort of worked, what didn't work. And a lot of that might have been the foundations for what we see now. Yeah. Um, the lessons we've taken, you said, like, because, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is really tight. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is probably up there in one of my favorite superhero movies because it's just, it was so, so well done. Um, especially oh, the yeah. first one. And even the second one was really entertaining. Mm. But um, the first one was just like, you know, diverting a little bit. But just in terms of just like, you know, it wasn't a character I'd heard of similar to this. This mm. is a made up character. Um, but just the way that, you know, it, he just presented everything and his style, you know, the music choices he uses to make this fun, engaging, um, you know, movie with comedy and, you know, good action, good emotion as well. I don't know, like this one, I felt like it was almost there, you know, I felt like it was almost there. And it just didn't carry through all the way. Like I understood the dark humor part and while the humor sometimes, you know, lacks sometimes, I understood what he was trying to do with it, with the dark side of things, but it felt a little bit short. I don't know about how, how, how you felt, but like my emotional connection to Rain Wilson was not so strong mm-hmm. as it was in his movies now, like with um Guardians again, like, you know, you, you you want the best for all those characters, whether it's Drax or Peter Quill or um, Gamora, whoever, mm-hmm. um, in those movies, you want the best for them. But this one, I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't find myself attached to, crimson bolt all that much um, right but how about you man what no um, what I, you- I had a i had the same i had the same reactions um i think a big part of it too is just like rain wilson's kind of style of acting he's got this very deadpan style yeah. which yes, in yes. in it which is fine if you've got like a if you're pl- playing a supporting character like in the office but um yeah. <clears throat> when you're kind of headlining a movie i think it's a little bit harder to to kind of sell people on that. especially a character like this who is not portrayed in the most sympathetic lights to begin with. So it, it's mm-hmm. really hard. It, I found it really hard to relate to him as well. And I think comparing this to Peacemaker is a really useful exercise. And I know you said you hadn't seen it, but um, I definitely recommend watching it and checking it out because yeah. it's because you've got very similar premises on both hands. You've got this guy who's basically a violent psychopath trying to be a superhero. Um, yeah. And another benefit is that you know in peacemaker gun had what like you know eight nine episodes so he had a lot more time to kind of play with um but even still even regardless of that extra time like that show really does a good job of exploring like the ethics of being like a violent superhero and you know dealing with how that that weighs on him whereas in this i don't really feel that frank Mm. ever really kind of learns any lessons necessarily like he still seems very much the same kind of deluded guy at the end that he Mm -hmm. that he was in the beginning yeah because i guess um you know i don't really relate to him from a yeah i can't connect to him from an ethical point of view like the you know the good west evil dilemma um 
you know, which again, sort of, I mentioned sort of Dark Man at the start. Also, Dark Man did a fantastic job of portraying that side of things, mm-hmm. you know, um, going into the darkness and, you know, embracing your darkness of whatever that movie does. But this one kind of leaves you kind of like his motivations are he wants to save his wife. Um, so, from a personal, I didn't get that connection that much because I'm like, I don't know this relationship so much. And it turns out to be a really strange one. Yeah. That's um, the end, but the end was just even more baffling, I felt. Um, but then, you know, yeah, the ethical dilemma, it was never really there. It was just like a madman going after vengeance um, mm-hmm. or trying to become more mad. And um, more, I'm not sure if there's, I don't know what the focus was kind of all over the place. I felt yeah. like I'm like, okay, is this a comedy? Because at times it'd be like, this is there for comedic purposes. And sometimes it works, sometimes it wouldn't. Um, you know, like there's that, yeah, there are some memorable scenes like when he's, um, I think he's like in in line to watch a movie and someone butts in mm-hmm. and he, he sees him and he goes and changes and comes back as the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, he's like, I just saw you. Like, you know, I know who you are. But he right, right. He <laughs> well, the scene so, when he was changing in the car is what got a chuckle out of me. Like he's, he's sitting there and he's in his tidy whiteies <laughs> and the girl's coming like, mommy, look at that. <laughs> other thing I thought um, was funny is that, well, the other thing that I really liked was when he takes the firecracker and he throws it as like a smoke bomb yeah. and then he waits <laughs> and he runs into his car with the license plate still visible. Yeah, yeah. And parts where he's like, you know, he's running in, he drops something and he comes back and picks it up. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like that's some of that stuff was kind of little because, like, if any normal human being was a superhero, that's right. probably the kind of stupid stuff they would do. Um, so that way it was relatable, but I think from a storyline and emotional point of view and the ethical point of view, you're, you're kind of like, it's hard to sort of relate to this guy. And yeah, the short, the um, Wayne Wilson point you bring up is pretty good because I did, I was a huge Office fan, so I loved mm-hmm. him in the in the Office. But you're right, he was a supporting character, and there were moments when you relate to him emotionally quite a few. But even from like the start to end, he's not really the character that you focus on from that mm-hmm. point of view. He's more, he's almost more comedic relief, right? Um. For a lot of the seasons until they sort of build him up over like, you know, however many seasons they have, 10 or something like that. Um, until he becomes a focus a bit later on. But yeah, I, I mean, like, did you like him in this movie or did you like his style? Because he didn't really pick up much really after that. He sort of got trapped into that um, mold and never really broke out of it, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, he didn't really do much for me in this movie, to be honest, uh, just because... Mm. Well, like, like your point when you're saying that this is supposed to be a comedy movie, I'm watching it, and and it, another big drawback is I'm so familiar with James Gunn when he when he's mm. really funny and like Peacemaker and Guardians of the Galaxy or yeah. or Suicide Squad. So when I'm watching this, I'm just like, this is this is not that funny. <laughs> like it doesn't have yeah. a whole lot of humor going for it. Yeah, it's 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 either shock, like if you're if you find that shock stuff funny, like you know, right. um, if you're laughing at that stuff, maybe then you can get away with it. But like other in general, just general comedy scenes, there's a few that we mentioned which I did like, but it's not like it doesn't carry you all the way. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily Rain Wilson's fault. It might just been the character. I didn't really have that much to sort of work with at times. I felt like it was just like you know um, the setups and stuff like that. I did mm. like the the when him and um, Elliot Page sort of got onto the same page, <laughs> you know, man, um, you know, <laughs> no uh, pun intended there, but sort of when they sort of get on the same page, it become like this duo. Um, I thought that, I, I don't know what role she really had, except for just adding, you know, something to the mix, because mm. it was starting to get really sell without anybody. So throwing her into that mix, to be like, yep, just go crazy. And she was so off the wall. Uh, he was so off the wall. Mm. It was, um, you know, a good well, breath know, of fresh air. Yeah, <laughs> I think actually, Elliot Page got me a lot more interested when he came into the movie and he got more yeah. involved in it. Like at th- those points, I did become more invested. Um, mm. Just because, 
Like I'm not I'm not gonna. I don't know if he if I'd call him a better actor than um, Rain Wilson because I haven't seen Wilson enough stuff to really make that judgment. Yeah. Um, but it is at least in this one he had more to work with than Wilson did. I felt yeah. like, and that made him a lot more interesting because we got to see him a little bit in you know he's he's got a normal life he's this normal kid you know hmm. or you know a young adult or whatever, uh, and, and then yeah. we see him you know basically be and I, I i see i'm watching this movie and i see what gun i think i kind of get what gun's trying to go for whereas i was comparing it to kick ass in my head and where there you could make the mistake of thinking like oh these are both about real world superheroes but mm-hmm. there's a difference in the type of character because in kick ass um it's he's a decent guy right he's a guy who's really trying to do the right thing uh he's trying to be a good guy he's trying to help people out and uh, but whereas in this one, it's a guy who is very deluded, right? It, it's yeah. very much like the the dark side of that coin. And I think, and I get what Gunn's trying to do, right? I get the whole idea of like, you know, this guy's basically delusional, right? He thinks he mm. he had, you know, the hand of God touch his brain, voiced by Rob Zombie. Yeah. It's funny enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and it's it's got this, there's this weird religious fundamentalist fervor that's kind of baked into his character and that and he's you know he's basically turns him into a psychopath and i thought that's an interesting idea and but i felt like they didn't really explore it enough there wasn't enough meat on those bones and i I can see the idea the gun's going for but he just he he didn't he didn't get there for me yeah completely agree i think they said that from the start it's like what he says like i've had two good moments in my life and it's just you know the day when he pointed towards a grocery store to tell the cop that mm. one of them is that the other one's the day he got married so mm. you know it, it, they're pretty far apart so he is definitely delusional and again that makes me again a bit harder we talked about it a little bit before relating to the character it just was mm. not there whereas when you talk about like guardians like you instantly like from the intro scene you see peter cool doing the dance and you're like who is right. this guy like i need to know more and let me follow this guy's journey because this is just captivating um whereas this is just sort of you draws down and you're sort of in the mud and yeah there's a few scenes with you know the intervention of god and all that stuff which mm-hmm. was okay from a comedy point of view again like you know that tv segments i guess they were kind of funny um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where like again if you like that kind of humor maybe this is better like if you like that sort of you know that kind of i don't know what you call it it's to me it's kind of cringy in a way mm-hmm. but you know it's not um it wasn't upsetting me you know like other sort of cringe stuff sort of does but it's kind of just like uh whatever but maybe if you like that stuff it's better but yes yeah, it was interesting um i did i guess I, the reason i think i like elliot because you mentioned you sort of were invested you liked elliot page a little bit more yeah um i think i do too because yeah again he's a bit more relatable right like again comic book store you know living um you know day to day with these books around him and um you know kind of fantasizing about that life mm-hmm. and you sort of be like oh, okay i could I could that makes sense to me, you know. Like yeah. I could see that, and then you know, the whole I think there's there's some dilemma she had right where uh, he had where he was like um, I think he was like, you know, I'm you know I, when I'm in the suit, I'm not the same person. So when you're Crimson Bolt, you're not the same person. So yeah, yeah. Therefore, we could have a relationship as Bolty and Crimson Bolt. So right. It's very much it's that it's that kind of like you're taking the the secret identity to its um illogical extreme, basically. 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and I, I, I did like that sort of stuff. So that did help to carry it through. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he was a real breath of fresh air to just come in and be like, hey, and just the performance was crazy because, you know, yeah. it was because where Rain Wilson was kind of subdued a lot of time. Like his moments where he's going crazy, but a lot of time he's just weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as he sort of um, portrays it. But when, when Elliot Page comes in, he's kind of just like, I'm just gonna go absolutely crazy because I've been waiting for this moment, and it's it's it's, it's sort, of, sort of unhinged in a way. Yeah. Um, well, I think that that's another thing that I think makes uh, Elliot's character Libby so much more interesting is the fact that this is a person we can latch onto from yeah. a point of relatability, right? He's a guy who who's working in a in a comic book store, who someone you know, someone who likes reading comic books, who hangs out with their friends. So it's there's those opening connections, and we can see how it's like it's like oh. Libby reads comic books. I read comic books too. This yeah. is someone I can relate to. And then we keep going like, oh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But <laughs> but there's that there's that intro point there with with um I keep wanting to say Dwight. <laughs> but with Frank, uh, there's because he basically is Dwight, like you said. Uh, yeah, he is. But, but with Frank, there's there's no like intro point. Like just from the start, I'm just like, this guy is just really weird and off-putting, mm. and I have no way to connect to him. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, it's 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 a whole. The premise is kind of strange as well. Just like, even with um Kevin Becky, as much as I, I I liked him, I wish the, I wish even that was his point a bit better. Like he's he kidnaps um Dwight's. Uh, see, yeah, now 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 I'm saying Dwight. Um, he um kidnaps um Crimson Bolt's wife. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like I was like you know in the movie like it didn't have to go that much, but it's like, kind of like why like you know I didn't do that much of a relationship, but like she just drugs her up and uses her i guess for um, mm-hmm. exploitation which is kind of disturbing as well um you know what i think would have worked a lot better is if jocks who's uh kevin bacon's character was not yeah. a bad guy like it's just this guy that you know she mm, le- yeah. that she leaves uh frank for and then frank builds up this whole fantasy about him is like a fight between good and evil in his mind i think that would have sold the ideas behind that this was- this movie a whole yeah. lot more but as it stands, it is just kind of like, wait a minute, this is, you know, at, at, when you get to the point, it's like, oh, like there are some points because it's, you know, Kevin Bacon does a good job of playing this guy. He's, you know, he's like, you know, he comes over, he's like having eggs with him and he's like, and he's complimenting him. And he, when, you know, when Frank comes to him and Jock's like, look, man, I was trying to be nice to you. He's got a point. And I, I wish there was, they had stuck with that instead of going to the point of, okay, yeah, Jacques actually is a bad guy and Frank is somewhat justified in what he's doing. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point. I think that would have been good. It would have added, it would have added that element of mystery because there's not much. Mm. Yeah, this is there's no mystery in this movie at all. No. It's pretty straightforward. Um that would have done something to make it a bit, bit more dynamic um and turn something from the mix. Um interestingly yeah. enough, I think I read that it was meant to be John Cord Van Damme that was meant to play Kevin Bacon's role, which is that Insane. would have made it even yeah that would have made it even less relatable like i mean i think kevin yeah, bacon yeah, does a yeah. good job of making that character somewhat appealing i don't yeah. think van damme could have done the same thing i have no idea what they would have done with van damme no. <laughs> it would have it, I, I guess only, the only benefit you would have had is maybe you'd have a good action scene or something like that but you know i can't like when moose is not going to be able to do martial arts and like you know do fight choreography and stuff like that so you know van damme i love van damme but his acting chops are not yeah you know, was there, especially Back then, he became a better actor actually during his career. But mm-hmm. back then, he, he was um definitely more around for his um splits and you know roundhouse kicks and stuff like right. that. He wasn't <laughs> really an actor, so I did like Kevin. I I, I did like Kevin Baking, but you're right; it would have been better if he was a bit more dynamic. I think it was kind of yeah. just it was like one dimensional 
you know, stock standard, mm-hmm. you know, baddie, I guess. Um, yeah. And, you know, his entourage was pretty funny. Like, you know, I like seeing, um, you know, I like seeing his brother, uh, Sean, Sean Gunn in there. Sean Gunn, and, um, Michael Rooker. Yeah, Michael Rooker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these guys that we're sort of familiar with, um, you know, but one thing I want to ask you about this, how do you feel about the whole, um, so, you know, James Gunn with his, you know, his extreme, I guess, violence, like, especially, I don't know if it's, if you can say like back then was this more than it is now, mm-hmm. um, more of a shock factor because 2010, it wasn't so, I don't know if it was so much, but like, you know, he really goes you know, off the wall with his violence sometimes. Like, you know, we really see, you know, faces being torn in half mm-hmm. and like blood spilling everywhere. Um, this is whole back, man, <laughs> with this stuff. But how did you think about that stuff? Did you enjoy it? Um, I didn't, I didn't really give it much thought, to be honest. I thought it, it was yeah. fine for, for this movie because the whole idea is you're trying to portray what a, what this kind of stuff would actually look like in the real world. So I thought that mm. I thought it worked like if, because, you know, in reality, if you hit someone with a pipe wrench, like that's, that's a really, yeah. that's going to cause some damage. <laughs> it's not like in, you know, most of your movies, you see like, you know, you know, these guys run around with like these, these, these blunt weapons and it's just like, they mm. knock them and it just knocks the guy out. But otherwise there's like no scar or anything like that. But if really, yeah. if you hit some, that's a big chunk of metal. Like if you hit someone in the head with that, that's probably going to split yeah. their skull open. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. It's um interesting, interesting weapon. And yeah, it's, it's like the blood spills and splatters mm. out, you know, it's, it's um kind of that way. So I, I didn't mind it too much, but I think it's just kind of, it kind of wore me down at some point. And mm-hmm. I find that I found that a little bit with um James Gunn's Suicide Squad, the recent one that he did. Yeah. Like that same aspect, it was kind of like, okay, like the start it starts off crazy, and then after that, it's like this is we're gonna maintain the same tone. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't pick up or go down. It's like just you know, it's one level, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Which sort of this sort of remind me of of two. Like it gets, I guess it gets a little bit because at the side it's more just like, you know, him with the wrench or hand to hand, and then he has weapons that just go on. But the at the the end action scene kind of like it even felt like it was just dragging. Like it didn't really yeah. feel like that exciting. I was like, all right, cool. Even though you're having faces blown off and, you know, him slowly killing people. And, you know, I think what he sends like a, you know, a, a, like a, what's to quote, um, like a shard through Kevin Baker's nuts or something like mm. that. Like, you know, but it's kind of just like, all right. Like it didn't really do much for me um, at that point either. No, I, I felt the same thing. The, the, the ending scene didn't really do a whole lot for me. I was, by that point, I think I was pretty much just kind of like checked out of the movie and I was just yeah, kind of like, all right, yeah, it's going to be over soon. And because it's, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, there was a lot of, there's a lot of interesting ideas in here, especially the whole idea of, you know, how the public reacts to Crimson Bolt, I thought was another thing mm. that there's an interesting idea there, right? The fact that he is this, this psychopath, but then, and at first people react to him in horror, but then later when it comes out, these were, you know, bad people, then people start react. I thought there's something in there where you can talk about how the, you know, how black and white the public views things. And I thought there's yeah. there's a lot of room to explore that kind of stuff. But again, we're just there we're not getting enough meat on those bones. No, it was that's a that, that's a really good one. Like I I thought that could have been explored like how the relationship of the media changes mm-hmm. um as you sort of progress and sort of what you do and how your actions define um you are you a good guy is the shades of gray is it black and white are right. you universally loved there's all these questions you could have sort of explored but it's like what two scenes i think they have newscasts yeah yeah and then you're like okay this is interesting but what else <laughs> right right <laughs> you know? they're just they're like okay well we got we did that now we got to move on it's these ideas that gun has but he just doesn't give them enough time to really to really explore them 
yeah. and each of those ideas can be a, a movie in its own right. Like you could do a whole movie just about just about like the people reacting to a violent superhero and like how yeah. that comment, like, I don't know, following a reporter or someone or a police officer who's investigating a violent superhero. Mm. And there's a lot of stuff you can explore with like media reaction, all that, um, yeah. which is an interesting idea. And I like I find these these small ideas that Gunn just kind of touches on to be mm. far more interesting than the actual story of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, just, you know, I don't care about uh, I don't care about Frank. Go back to this other stuff. This other stuff is a lot more interesting. I want you to explore this. Yeah. Um, Definitely right. Because, yeah, because as it stands, and I think a big part of it is just Rain Wilson. I just, again, like we said, I just don't think he's charismatic enough of an actor to really kind of, because this movie, and again, I'm going back to comparing it to Peacemaker. One of the reasons Peacemaker works is because John Cena is such a charismatic actor. So yeah. even when he's a psychopath, you still enjoy watching him. And so yeah. it, and it makes it a little bit easier to stomach it with Rain Wilson. I just, I'm not interested enough in him. He doesn't grab my attention enough for me to be really interested. Not saying you should have had a, uh, a John Cena in this role, but someone who's got a little bit more, even if you had, even if you would switch it, you had Elliot Page being the, being the yeah, lead actor here. I think that, I think he had, would have a lot more charisma to, to carry it through. Yeah. It's a great point. I think it's, um, the screen presence isn't really there. I feel like from Rain Wilson, it's kind mm -hmm. of like, even like even if I think of Dwight, he's great in a cartoonish way. But to right. be a lead actor, that's why they sort of have um, you know, Michael Scott, um, yeah, um, Steve Carell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for his name for a second, um, Steve Carell and um, you know, John Krasinski. They're sort of mm -hmm. more the characters you actually relate to because they can have a bit more charisma. Um, right. Rain Wilson's more like you know, it's 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 kind of like again in the office, it's like one joke, repeat that over and over again, mm -hmm. and um, doesn't go further. So I do like him in a side you know comic relief kind of character yeah there he works really well in a limited capacity but yeah there are some flaws and that's probably why he's created pickup um as much as it probably could have right, uh, right. because it's well, just like also nathan fillion too is another one that you could have in fact yeah. you could have switched rain wilson and nathan fillion's characters and i think it would have mm -hmm. uh, and i think it would have worked a lot better because nathan fillion has that kind of like everyman charisma and i think he would have yes, really yes. been able to to work really well in this um whereas yeah, yeah. Rain Wilson, I think, if he was playing that stoic Bible man as character, would have been would have made a lot more sense. I think he would have been able to do that. You know, he would have been able to do that much better, and also still sell the whole kind of tongue in cheek aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if they were to remake this movie, how they would <laughs> sort of um, approach that because I do mm -hmm. think some of those changes would have helped the movie out in general. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but what do you think about the ending, man? Like uh, the ending for me was super confusing. I was kind of like, I didn't know what to even make of it. I was like, okay, because it's kind of like what happened. So he saves her to, you know, help her get back her life. And mm -hmm. then he, she marries somebody else. I was kind of like, I get it. It's meant to be dark. You know, he's not, I guess he has found life beyond, you know, her and all that stuff. And that's all good. It's kind of just like, uh, I guess <laughs> my my feeling is like it's again it's this interesting idea and again we're touching on yeah. the aspect of Frank is this damaged is this damaged guy he's this he's this guy who doesn't quite see the world as it really is so he's not able to and I, I get what we're trying to do here but again it just doesn't quite sell it like yeah because I I mean it makes total sense because the whole and again this is another idea that's not really explored fully is the fact that Sarah's just kind of using him to get over her addiction, right? She's just kind of like jumping from yeah. one thing to the next. 
So at the end, it makes sense that she would, when she recovers, she would leave him behind and move on to something, you know, more, mm. more normal. But, but again, the movie just, there's that idea there, but it just doesn't quite sell it enough. Again, I think it's like, I guess it's kind of disappointing because you don't really get that character development from him as well, right? It's kind of like he's just stuck in the same place that he was at the start. Mm. Um, hasn't really moved on from that. So again, you're, I guess you're not invested in his character that much. So it doesn't let you down all that much because like, I don't really care about him anyway. But um, a good movie would have actually made you, you know, invest in him and see his journey, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not like, you, I guess with the character development, you want to see it go somewhere. I guess a little bit because yes, he has more you know more great memories in his life or whatever it is well here's another um, here's another thing i think would have made it a lot better because um john c Riley was actually gunn's top choice for frank mm, and i okay. think that would have been a, a much yeah, more interesting okay. uh choice but at, yeah which is weird because he says that um he, riley at the time wasn't considered a big enough star for the film to get made so i'm not i'm not sure how <laughs> rain wilson would be considered a bigger star because especially at that time i definitely don't think he would have been 2010 it would have been early days of the office so i'm surprised that that's yeah i'm surprised that they i'm surprised they thought rain wilson was big enough yeah <laughs> you that's, know? that's strange coming from tv coming from tv especially like you know the office was obviously huge but um riley had at least some film stuff to his name yeah. at that point like he was in talladega nights and yes, and, yes. and some other stuff i think stepbrothers started to come out by that point too yeah, um, yeah. oh and um uh chicago i think that was that that was also out at that time too yeah yeah. So he had he had some, you know, he had some pretty decent roles and as also as not only a comedy actor, but also a serious actor. Like he had been in, you know, yeah. he had been in Boogie Nights. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, that's weird that they thought he wasn't um he wasn't a big enough name to really kind of carry this movie. I don't know if there was some because I know that in the trivia it said something like I think Rain Wilson found out about this movie through um through James Gunn's ex-wife Jenna Fisher, who was on The Office, who plays Pam. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that if that played into it at all. Like it just sort of came across his desk, and they're like, "Oh, you know, do you know do my power mm-hmm. a favor or something like that?" I don't know. If yeah, something like that might have been involved. Um, to give him to give Dwight a break. Into yeah, yeah. Movies. So it says that okay. So he had been working on yeah. it since two thousand two. So at that point, he had oh, had um. Um, you, you know, Riley wasn't a big enough name. And so he had put it on the back burner and, but then after, after Slither, then Jenna Fisher encouraged him to, to continue, go through with it and also, and recommended Rain Wilson at that point. So yes. I guess things had changed by that point. Um, so that, that makes yeah, a little bit more sense. Still, yeah, I think so he, he was, he was working on this since 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That, that kind of, that's makes me kind of feel disappointed. He had all that time and he, um, you know, well, I mean, he wasn't exactly working on it the whole time because he had done yeah, he had yeah. done the specials, and then he had you know yeah. the Dawn of the Dead remake, and and, mm-hmm. and and then you know directing Slither, and then it was after that yes. point that he was encouraged to go back to this. So I think it's just kind of something he dusted off, but yeah, probably didn't spend as much time revising it as he probably should have. Yeah, it definitely feels that way because all the stuff you talked about with um some of these you know uh, concepts on the fringe, on the edges. Mm-hmm. If they, were, if they were explored more, I think if the more time was given to the script and you know maybe, um, you know changing some things around, you know a little bit or putting more emphasis on some of those things, I think it might have been more interesting. But I think it was just like, look, let's just get this out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, I think that's there's definitely something that happened behind the scenes with this movie, because um, I think with, with these movies now, you can tell there's definitely a 
good effort to make sure everything makes sense and it's mm-hmm. um you know it's it's an it's an engaging storyline from start to finish. I don't feel bored watching his movies, which is weird in this one because I just got I got bored. Like yeah, I think it was like halfway through. I was like, I'm kind of getting bored here. Um, and the earlier page came, and I was like, all right, there's a little bit of life here, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really enough for me to really enjoy the movie. Um, right, all that much. No, I, I uh, felt exactly the same way. It's yeah, it, there's there's not it, some interesting ideas, but just not enough to really keep my attention as much as James Gunn usually is able to. And I think the fact uh, that he was working on this since 2002 does explain a lot because even if you look at dawn of the dead like that's even a much tighter script than this is and so i think it's just like he i don't i think he was i don't think he spent enough time on on this script that he should have because it just it wasn't it wasn't really there for me i don't know if it was a because it definitely it has definitely um like a tv feel to it right like Mm. i I don't think anybody would have gone to see this in the cinema or if they did it it would be very few people because it's definitely a movie you watch at home um you know on oh yeah i mean i think it was a big it was a much bigger um release on digital actually i believe uh yeah that makes sense so yeah it so it 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 opened in 11 theaters um and made uh about just under forty-seven thousand. uh but then when it was on VOD, it made, and since 2011, as of 2011, it made 1.5 million on DVD and Blu-ray sales. Okay. And so it, it picked up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It had gotten, it was, um, I don't know if it actually ended up being, it was anticipated to be the most successful VOD film for um, IFC at the hmm. time. I'm not sure if it actually ended up being like that, but that was what yeah. it says. It was says it was anticipated to, but it did make, almost its budget back through um dvd and blu-ray because it's budget it had a budget of 2.5 million yeah the cast i'm guessing is quite high and i guess a a bit of prosthetic cgi kind of stuff or Mm -hmm. however they did it um well i mean they got some yeah they got some interesting names they got some big names in this cast i mean you know getting Liv tyler kevin bacon nathan fillion elliot page michael rooker rob zombie Mm -hmm. coming in to play the voice of god (laughs) i mean um yeah the cast is probably where most of the budget for this movie went i think so i think so yeah and this is definitely a movie that if it came out like you know if, if it's come out on like netflix like one of their releases it, i'm sure it'll get like a pretty decent run um mm. for a week or two or something like yeah. that because it's definitely the kind of movie that back in like you know back you know, when we were sort of growing up it would have been the you know friday night tv movie or like saturday right. morning or like saturday afternoon movie or something like mm-hmm. that that you chuck on a channel and just watch um so yeah, it's it's definitely was like maybe it was maybe James and Gunther's got to the point where he's like, all right, let's just this is good enough, you know, it'll get out there, it'll be mm. enough for me to sort of move on with this project because I didn't really want to linger on for too long because he has the Guardian stuff to do, yeah, <laughs> and sort of bigger projects coming up. Uh, also, there's one other thing I wanted to mention about this. Uh, did you ever see the movie Brightburn? I have not seen Brightburn, but okay. I've, heard, I've heard about that movie. Yeah, Brightburn it's, it's is good, right? it's it's good. It's it's a superhero horror film. It's basically you know yeah. the Superman story, but he get he gets his oh. powers early and he becomes you know he becomes a, a psychopath basically you know what happens when you give wow. all this power to um to a kid who has to deal with bullying and all that kind of stuff it, it's a really good movie um but it's nice. also it, there's a there's a mid credit scene where there's a reference to uh where rain wilson actually reprises his role as the crimson bolt so this movie <laughs> and brightburn exist in the same universe yeah um yeah. So yeah, so there's and um, so yeah, Rain Wilson has there's a photograph of um, of the Crimson Bolt in there, so 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's that little bit of. Uh, okay. So yeah, there's this, and also when we had talked about Brightburn, I had talked about this with um, the original co-host Derek. He had talked mm-hmm. about how um, when he did when he was when we were watching Brightburn, and then after that we watched uh, Chronicle, and he said you could actually fit Chronicle into that same universe too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So a bit, a bit of um multiverse stuff going on there, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that's interesting. And I'm, it, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out Brightburn. That sounds awesome. Brightburn is 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 definitely worth the watch. It's it's much it's much better than this. I, it grabbed my attention yeah, much yeah, better yeah. than this. And James Gunn produced that, so he didn't he didn't write ah, it. He didn't write it or direct it, but he did produce it. Um, his brothers wrote it, I believe. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Any yeah. other yes. final things to to mention about uh, Super? Super. Um. No, no, really. I think we covered it off pretty well. So overall, I guess my, you know, my final statement would be that I think it's an okay movie. Probably not a movie I'm going to watch ever again. <laughs> I think at this point, because I think I've seen it twice now. And I, yeah, I think that the rewatch probably was not any better than the original watch. Because mm-hmm. the original watch would have been ages ago, but obviously I didn't remember it too well back then. And I'm not going to, it's not, it doesn't really leave you with too much memory. Um I did want to ask you though, how does how how where would you rank this in terms of the other movies we talked about before in the same sort of genre with the blank mans and the um I won't say mystery men because you're right that is a bit dis- that is a bit different it's like regular people in a superhero mm-hmm. superhero world um, but kick ass um, and all the sequels where would this sort of sit? Um, so it's definitely better than blank man I would say that. Yeah. Um, kick ass would be right at the top. Yeah. Kick-Ass 2, because I was really disappointed with Kick-Ass 2. I'm not sure if yeah. I rank... I got to watch Kick-Ass 2 again to to kind of judge it. I'm mm. not sure if the, I'd put this above or below Kick-Ass 2, but somewhere along the same lines as Kick-Ass 2, I'd say. Um, yeah. So, like, you'd have Kick-Ass way at the top, and then there's this really big drop-off, and then you've got yeah. these other three. Uh, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think I'm probably on the same boat as you. Kick-Ass is, like, way, yeah. way above. Um I think Kickass did a great job. Kickass was a good movie. Um, that first one, it did. It explored this thing we talked about. Um, had Nicolas Cage in for like a mm-hmm. nice little cameo, which was really impactful. Um, yeah, I think this movie liked that dynamic. Like, like I just remember Nick Cage and that being so dynamic, and because he's such a good actor, he can right. do that. This movie sort of had a lot of actors, but they weren't put in positions to do much. Like the only person that was was probably Wayne Wilson, and he didn't have the range to do it. So. Yeah, we talked about a lot of other people that could have played that role. Um, I think it liked that as well. Like Elliot Page does a great try for that. You know, mm-hmm. I thought he was really good um, in roles, but again, it's a very limited role, and it's you know it, there's some complexities, but not that much. No, absolutely. I the same. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah Kickass benefited from you had these big name actors playing these mm-hmm. really eccentric characters. So you had yeah. um, you had Nick Cage doing like basically an at a psycho- psychotic Adam West <laughs> in, yeah. in that movie, which was great. It worked perfectly for that. But you also, and you had Mark Strong, who's also this, you know, playing this very yes. over the top crime Lord. And, um, but you've got uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's very anchored. Mm-hmm. He's a very anchored character throughout that whole movie. And it really kind of helps pull you through that movie. And, and these other guys are there and their big personalities are entertaining to watch but they never really distract you from the central story. This mm. you've got a, you've got an uninspiring lead who doesn't grab your attention enough. And then you've got these yeah. big name actors, but they're not eccentric enough to make up for that. No. So it's, it, it, yeah, it just, it, it doesn't work enough on either one of those levels. And you yeah, had, and you're right, you had the, you had the potential, you had Kevin Bacon there. You had uh-huh. um, Nathan Fillion there. You, yes. but the only one who really shines through is Elliot Page. 
Yeah, I guess they're all one-dimensional. That's the thing. Like it's like Kevin Bacon, Soxan a bad guy. Like, you know, mm. um Nathan Fillion, like comedic relief, <laughs> you know, or something like that with not much of a role. Well, so I mean, even definitely... you even have like Michael Rooker in there who's yes, who would usually play that kind of role, but he's just not. No, exactly right. Yeah. I, I probably I, I've I don't want to watch Black Man again just because I don't want to put myself through that. <laughs> <laughs> but I would I would question whether this is above or below black man i mean black man is just black man because it's damon waynes if you like that style of humor mm. you might love it but i don't like that style of his humor all that much so yeah it's kind of something like, just like <laughs> i mean the if i was comparing this the first time i watched blank man i would say i laughed more at that than i did at this but mm. the first time i watched blank man i was like what, 10 <laughs> maybe so it's a very different yeah. <laughs> yep yeah yeah um i don't want to um, put this probably neck and neck with black man i can't remember kick-ass 2 all that much either um i do think it was definitely a step down from kick-ass 1 oh was, uh, massively yeah, yeah massive massive step step down. Down. yeah which is why i didn't continue the franchise it was just <laughs> you know let's do one more get the money and then um, yeah walk that away was from it. pretty much it after that uh yeah. all right i mean i uh, want to tell people where they can find you and your podcast yeah of course yeah you know firstly man thanks so much for having me on i really enjoyed talking about this movie um Really appreciate it. Uh, great time of the conversation about this weird movie, I would say. Mm. So <laughs> that was great. Um, but yeah, so the podcast is just D54. Yep, just Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, I think we're on Instagram as well. Uh, yep, just D54. I think it's the pod or something like that. Just happened in D54. It should, should, should come up at this point. We'll have the we'll um, have the link in the show notes so people can check those out. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I think speaking of superhero movies, I think our next movie we're releasing is going to be the, um, the new Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, okay. What is that the the Samaritan? Oh, yeah. that's uh, Stallone. Stallone, Stallone. yeah, Stallone movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a little tie-in for superhero lovers there. Okay. That's um, I, I haven't actually seen it yet. So so this episode's actually gonna be coming out in like December oh, or so. So by the time this episode's yeah. out, then that should definitely be already <laughs> on your feed. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. All right. Great. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, and thanks for um, so you know, a little behind the scenes stuff. You guys don't realize this, but this has actually taken like three tries to get Ahmed on the show because <laughs> we had a bunch of different stuff pop up in my light. So, so thanks for being so understanding and being willing to, to reschedule after the second time. It's like, Oh man, he's not going to come on the show now, but no, you. Were... <laughs> no, I was all good. It's um, I understand, you know, life can get in the way at times. Yeah. So don't worry about that at all. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for coming on. Uh, great to have you on. And yeah, anytime you want to come on back, you're more than welcome to. Awesome, man. No, looking forward to it. Okay. All right. And that does it for this episode of Superhero Cinephiles. SuperheroCinephiles.com is the website. And we are Super Cinema Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, if you subscribe to our Patreon for as little as $1 a month, you get these episodes a week in advance. And you also get the the bonus uh, Superhero Cinephiles book club show where we talk about comics and, and all that fun stuff. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. If you enjoy the Superhero Cinephiles, then you'll also love my companion podcast, the Superhero Cinephiles Book Club. All my Patreon subscribers get access to this exclusive podcast where I review superhero comics and graphic novels. Not sure what comics you want to read next or what you should dive into? I've got you covered on that. I'll be doing reviews, recommendations, and also talking to you about useful entry points if you're interested in reading some comics but don't know where you should start. Plus, you'll get access to all episodes of the main show a week before everyone else. On all of this, for as little as just a dollar a month, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash supercinemapod, and you can sign up at any subscription amount to get started. 
Thanks so much for your support, and please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always, good night, good evening, God bless.